Hey friend, today I want to share something really special with you. I'm actually going to be sharing a bonus module from my new program called For More. This program is all about helping women find clarity in their calling, really growing in their relationship with God, and then giving them the actual tangible first steps to figuring out what their passions, their gifts, their talents are, their life experiences, and, and figuring out their story, figuring out who they're made to serve with that and how they can put that and build that into an online business of their own, and then giving them the first steps to start that. And one of the most important things when we go into business, but honestly, this talk could go for any of you, even if you're not in business, is our mindset. And obviously, if you've been around this podcast for a while, you probably know that I was trained as a mindset coach. I am trained as a mindset coach, but very much the world's way. You know, if you listen to my testimony, you know the whole story, but I went down this path. I was going to say dark path because that's how I see it now, but really in the human potential movement, really in which the world is, is very big on right now, which is it's all about becoming our best selves. It's all about becoming the highest version of ourselves. It's really about creating our own reality. You know, all of these tools and tricks and mindset hacks and, and subconscious mindset reprogramming tools I was learning through NLP and all of these things, I no longer stand behind and I no longer teach. Um, I had a pretty radical transformational experience with Jesus, which I think you probably know about if you listen to this podcast, and completely just opened my eyes to the way that I was going and the the way that I was teaching and the potential of leading women astray and not even realizing that I was living and serving two different worlds. Um, and it really just opened my eyes to the light. So anyways, I teach things so differently now. And I thank God for really just doing such an amazing work in my life. And it's only been not even two months. It's been a very transformational time in my life. Um, and I love to be able to share all of this with you and just be open and honest and take you through the journey. Um, and I, you know, that's what podcasting is so amazing because we, I'm going to be able to look back on this and, and just kind of see what God's doing through me and in, in this whole journey. But I wanted to give you this as a gift, uh, just because I believe that the battle in our mind is again, it's one of the most important things. Um, I really truly see it from a totally different perspective. Now I teach it in a totally different way than I ever taught before. Um, it is completely different than how I used to teach mindset, but I actually believe it is the most powerful way. And it is really, in my opinion, the only way to truly have breakthrough, um, is when you let, you know, you, you, you get God involved. So you're going to hear today, again, this is from my program called for more, and I'm giving this to you as a gift. Um, but it is all about winning the battle in your mind. And I hope that you enjoy this. You know, obviously I did this as a video. So you may hear me mentioned in talking to my students, you may hear me talking and referencing other modules in the program. Um, you will, this is a video that I then took the audio from. So I'm like, pointing and reading scripture and talking about, you know, pointing to my Bible and things like that. You won't all, you won't be able to see all of that. Um, but you'll be able to hear the message. And I know you're going to get a lot out of this. I pray you're going to get a lot out of this. Um, and I pray that this really serves you. If it does, I would love to know about it because again, this is a different way of teaching for me. And I'm really just letting the Holy spirit work through me and just hoping that this can help you. Um, and if you are looking to grow in your relationship with God, if you're looking for first steps to get started in that, if you want to know God more and you want to feel his presence in your life and you really want to get into what that looks like and how to do that, um, I would love to talk to you. I'm, this is like literally like the thing I'm most passionate about now is helping other women grow in their relationship with God. Like I've been helped by other mentors in my life. So sit back, relax, enjoy, take a lot of notes. Um, and I hope that you find this super valuable to winning the battle in your mind. Hey friend, welcome to the Passion Purpose Freedom Show by yours truly, Sarah Petrucci. 
This is the show where you can get clarity on what you're made to do. Build a magnetic personal brand that attracts and impacts and learn how to use your gifts, your story, your passions to build a profitable online business. After chasing success according to society standards, I became a nurse practitioner and found myself completely unfulfilled. So in 2015, I started an online business out of my passions, grew a six-figure network marketing business, and today I'm a business clarity and mindset coach here to help you make money online by sharing your passions. I believe we're made for God-sized dreams, and when we surrender to His calling for our lives, commit to taking bold, inspired action in faith, and build our own online business doing what we love while powerfully serving others, there is nothing more fulfilling and fun than that, sister. If you're here for growing a purpose-driven and profitable business that gives you the freedom to work around your life, enjoying more precious time with your family and kiddos, making your impact by sharing your message using social media, and of course, overcoming the limiting beliefs, the imposter syndrome, and winning the battle in your mind, you are in the right place. It's time to do big things partnered with God because with Him, achieving miraculous, seemingly impossible dreams for your life become possible. And we're here for that while giving Him all of the glory. Let's get pumped up for today's show. All right, this is one of my most favorite topics to talk to you about today. And this is all about winning the battle inside your mind. Now, as a former, well, I am still, you know, a mindset coach um, and a former mindset coach that was doing things very much in the world's way. Um, since really developing my faith and finding my relationship, finding God really, or God finding me, um, I've completely changed how I teach this. And I feel like this is one of the most, uh, this is one of the most powerful areas of your whole life and business. Um, this is where the enemy will love to attack you. I'll talk about that in a minute. This is where most of us struggle. Um, all of us struggle, actually, I should say. And this is where without our faith, I really don't know how we survive this. So let me just start by giving you some solid truth. I'm going to, I'm going to bring scripture into this a lot because that's the truth that we can stand on. But, um, two Timothy one, seven for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. That is a scripture that is very popular that I love. But one thing to know is that whenever you set out to pursue a God-given calling in your life, whether that looks like starting a new business, whether that's um, something, maybe you're called to, to do something in your life right where you are. Maybe it has to do with being a mom. Maybe it's in your, in your, in your, uh, in your home. Um, maybe it's going all in on the current thing that you're called to do. Maybe it's going all in on your job. And actually, sometimes it might even mean going all in on whatever God's calling you to do and letting the other thing go that maybe is a distraction that maybe you thought was your thing, but really that's not where he's calling you to do. So whenever you decide to go all in on whatever God's calling you to do, one thing to know for sure and to expect is a battle in your mind. See, <laughs> a couple more scriptures for you here. Um, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, that is from Ephesians 6, 12, and that can sound super intense. Um, I want to talk to you today a little bit more about the concept of spiritual warfare. You know, as believers, um, and the more that I grow in my relationship with, with God, and the more that I read the Bible, it's, it is, there is a dark 
there is a negative side. There is an enemy out there who wants to keep us from pursuing our God-given calling and for giving God the glory. Um, 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 4 says it like this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage world. We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. So spiritual warfare, that can sound super intense. It is a real concept. And if that's a new concept for you, then I want to just basically break it down for you. But when you are pursuing a God-ordained dream in your life, when God's put this thing in your heart to go after this dream, this goal, this vision, whatever it is, meaning you've prayed on it, you know that it's from God, he's calling you to step up in some area of your life, to do something big and to do it to help people, expect that there is a real enemy out there who does not want you to win. Because if you win and you go and you do this thing that God's calling you to do, not only is it going to bring blessing to your life, but it's also going to give God the glory. God loves to see you pursuing the things he's put in your heart, using your talents and gifts to glorify, that glorifies him. We talked about that in one of our past sessions and the enemy does not want you to do that, right? You may have never thought about the fact that there's this negative fear-based uh, or this, this enemy against you. Um, but whenever you have those negative, those fear-based thoughts, those self-defeating lies and thoughts that hit you, those are lies. Those are lies coming from this enemy call it whatever you want to call it. I call it the enemy, but who will do anything that they can to keep you from going after that dream, to keep you playing small, to keep you doubting yourself, to keep you thinking you're not good enough, to keep you from doubting God's promises and doubting the power that's within you through the Holy Spirit that God's given you, doubting that spirit of power and love and a sound mind that he's given you. And it's, he's going to try to get you to shrink back in fear. Okay. So winning the battle in your mind, it's, it's really all about being aware of this and knowing what you have and the, the weapons you have to fight with, which we're going to talk about. Um, uh, John 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the fullest. And some texts will say, have it abundantly. God wants us to live a full, beautiful life. Now that doesn't mean riches. It doesn't mean wealth always, but it means a fulfilling, full, beautiful life, doing the things that he's called us to do, glorifying him, right? Serving other people, but there is a thief, like I said, the enemy comes to steal, to kill and destroy. And that can absolutely happen in your mind. And I believe that every spiritual battle and every, uh, it starts in the mind, really. God gave us a powerful mind and we can use that mind standing on God's truth. And if you don't know, I'm pointing to the Bible here, standing on God's truth to arm ourselves, or we can let our mind defeat us. And this is why in Romans 12, two, which is one of my favorite verses ever, I have it actually on my wall in my living room. Um, Paul is urging us to renew our mind daily. Um, it, it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our mind and how do we um, stay sharp to, to know what's a lie and what's the truth by keeping grounded in God's promises and God's word and who he is. Now, contrary to what most self-help experts and teachers and books are going to teach you about mindset and that I used to teach in the past, I'm teaching a totally different approach to this nowadays. And it's an approach that I found to be way more powerful, way more helpful to actually win this battle in your mind because it is a battle. Um, and so instead of spending your mornings with your affirmations, your self-affirmations and building yourself up, I'm suggesting instead you spend your time getting to know God's character and what he promises, which is all written in this book right here. Okay. The biggest trap the world will give us, and I'm speaking from my own personal experience here, is to rely solely on ourselves. 
in our own attempt to um, overcome our fears and our doubts and our, and our limiting beliefs in our own strength. See, this way of thinking gets us to rely on um, ourselves and it, it leads us to striving for gaining control in our lives, which is a false sense of security. Um, it, we attempt to build ourselves up and we frantically try to do things and control things without first consulting God or relying on him and his perfect timing and his strength. So really how we should do it is opposite of what the world teaches. Really what we need to do is we need to go to God first. We need to go into him in prayer. We need to um, rely on him and his strength and actually ask him to guide us. And that way of doing things is countercultural, I know, but it will be, you will be way more effective. Um, and take it from me, as a former mindset expert trained in all kinds of fancy tools and techniques to help people reprogram their subconscious mind, I can tell you after doing a lot of these techniques with clients, after doing them with myself, there's always still this missing thing. No one, I believe, this is my personal belief that no one, including ourselves, will help us to win this battle in our mind that we face. No one will actually give us the power to persevere through the challenges. Um, nobody has the, the perfect technique to help us overcome these limitations and limiting beliefs. Um, no one will give us the right words to say, the inspiration, the, the belief like God can with the Holy Spirit working through us. That is literally the missing piece for the world. That is why so many people do live in, with anxiety and fear. And it's because they don't know God and they don't allow him to come into their life and to take, he's in control. So we can try to control it. We can try to strive in our own strength. We can try to build ourselves up, but all it takes is one life circumstance to, to show us and to humble us to show us that we are not in control. But the good news is, is we don't have to be. So God's got a lot of amazing promises for us when we rely on those promises. And we're gonna talk about that. Um, one story I wanna first start with is the story of David. If you don't know the story of David and Goliath, then please go find it, Google where it is in your Bible and go read about it. Here's my Cliff Notes version, okay? David was this young shepherd boy, totally not the ideal candidate to defeat this giant warrior man of Goliath, who's been training his whole life to kill. Um, but yet David had massive faith in God and massive faith in who God is and God's power. And so while everyone else shrunk back in fear, afraid to go after this giant, David sit, step up, stepped up to the plate and was like, I'll do it because I know who's fighting through me. And so with a slingshot alone, <laughs> as a little teenage shepherd boy, he defeated this massive giant, this warrior, because it wasn't David alone. It was God working through David. And so God can do anything through you too. Your job is to trust and surrender your plans, your dreams, and yes, even your fears, even your fears to him. The Bible is filled with stories like David's, filled. And the more that we read these, the more that we see that God uses ordinary people, most of which are totally not qualified or who feel totally not qualified to accomplish incredible, massive things with the power of God working through them. That's the difference. So how do we develop this David-like confidence to go after the things that we're called to do, to show up in our lives, to put ourselves out there, okay? Number one, spending time with God. Spending time getting to know God. It sounds super simple because it is, but simple doesn't always mean it's practiced, okay? So you cannot trust someone if you don't know them and you don't know what they promise. <laughs> So this is why I'm such an advocate for reading the Bible, because the more that you read the Bible and the more that you learn what God actually, his character and what he actually promises you, you can stand on that and you can develop a relationship with him. 
And in order to have a relationship with him, you have to spend time with him. Okay. If you are wanting a place to start to really feel God's character and his love for you, I'm going to recommend starting with the book of Ephesians. I have it right here just to just kind of read you briefly some of this. I mean, Ephesians, they call a love story. So in the beginning, the author of this book is Paul. If you don't know his story, he has a whole story, but basically he wrote most of the New Testament. Um, he is actually another character. This is a side note. I love Paul. He's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He was the biggest killer of Christians. Like he put them in, he, he killed, this was after Jesus had already died and risen all the things. There was all these people starting off, starting the church. And Paul was killing all of these people, trying to kill um, all, the, all the people that were following Jesus because he didn't believe in that. Well, Jesus appeared to him, blinded him for three days. Um, he had a total crazy conversion experience and then became basically like a, he calls himself like basically like a soldier to fight for spreading the gospel. Um, and that's what he spent the rest of his life doing because he was so changed by that experience, obviously. Um, and became one of the biggest advocates for the Bible and wrote most of the New Testament, which is amazing. So in Ephesians, he's talking to this town of, of Ephesus, but he's really showing us in the beginning what God thinks of us. It says, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, meaning he wants us to be a part of his family. We are his children um, in accordance with his pleasure and will for the praise of his glorious grace, which has he has freely given, given us in the one that he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of our sins, and in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavishes on us with all wisdom and understanding. Um, let me go a little bit ahead. In him, we are also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity, in conformity with the purposes of his will. With a seal promised by the Holy Spirit, you were marked or you were marked in, with him in a seal. Basically, he's talking all about how welcome to the family, like welcome to this inheritance that you have in God and how much you were chosen, how much you were loved. Like this is a great book to start. The other part of Ephesians that's really powerful is when you get to Ephesians six, it talks all about the weapons that we have, the armor of God that we have to arm ourselves with daily against the battles that we face. And a lot of these battles are not like actual physical battles. They're spiritual battles. They're battles for our mind. They're battles for fear. They're battles to make us doubt. They're battles to make us think that God doesn't love us, to keep us away from actually understanding who he is and who we are in him and our authority in him. So if you read the armor of God in Ephesians 6, you can learn how to arm yourself and to resist the, you can stand firm in the truth and learn how to resist the negative forces and the strongholds and the things that try to keep you trapped and try to keep you playing small in life um, and fearing and really stand firm on who God is and who, what he's given us. So spending time with him is, is so important and reading the word is so important because if you don't know it, you can't stand on that truth, right? Number two is to take every thought captive. This is actually what Jesus says. He says, take every thought captive. Um, in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, it says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, anything other than what God, what God is. And we take every thought captive. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So taking thoughts captive is basically... Um, becoming aware of your thoughts, realizing that your thoughts are not you, you know, becoming more aware of these negative things that ping in and asking yourself if this is, is this is even real or is this a lie? Um, one of the most amazing promises that God gives us in 1 Peter 5, 7 
is it says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for us. We are literally, we serve a God who literally promises us that we can cast and we can literally give him, cast our fears, means like to give him our fears and our anxieties and he will carry them for us. But let me ask you a question. How often do you take advantage of that promise? How often do you actually do that in your life? He's there waiting for you. How often do you actually say, okay, God, like I can't do this on my own. Here you go. I need your help. He's there for us when we do, but, but he's not going to force us to do it. He gives us free will because he loves us that much that he's not going to force us to seek him. He's not going to force us to love him. He's not going to force us to come to him, but he's there. So how often do you take advantage of that promise? Did you even know that that was a promise? See, that's why you got to read the Bible, y'all. <laughs> um, but when negative thoughts arise in your mind, I want you to, to get into the habit of thinking, of taking it captive, of noticing it, of asking yourself, is this from God? Is this what God would say? You know that more and more, the more that you spend time in the word and with him, or is this a lie from the enemy? Is this fear-based? Is this what God would actually, is this how he sees me? Is this what he would say? Um, you know, even Jesus, if you read Matthew four, it's the whole story of Jesus being tempted by the devil. So Jesus was fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. He was starving. He was hungry. He was thirsty, all the things. And the enemy, the devil, then showed up and tempted him at his weakest point, tempted him in an attempt to get him to surrender and worship him. Okay. So the, the devil attempts to break him down by basically planting all these deceptive ideas in his head and, and literally trying to tempt him with every kind of thing that we would like every kind of sinful, lustful, whatever desires, whatever with everything. Um, so what does Jesus do when the devil plants these deceptive ideas in his head? You can read it. He fights back by repeating God's truth. He fights back with scripture and standing on the truth. And the devil even uses scripture in this, in this section, but he twists it. And Jesus knows scripture. He knows God's promises. He knows the word. And he uses that. That's the weapon that we have to fight. They say that the word is stronger than any two-edged sword as a weapon. Because when you know this, you will not fall for the lies because you can stand firmly on no, that is not true. I'm a child of God. Like I am loved. I am chosen. He, you know, he knows every hair in my head. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, whatever. You can like learn all of the promises, use those biblical affirmations and stand firm in who you are in him. Who is your identity in him? Because that's really what it is. Um, number three is to practice what's called thought redirection, or basically what I just say is change the channel. So this is a concept from neuroscience that works really well here. Um, God made us with amazing minds that are made to think it's impossible to turn our minds off from thinking. If I tell you, you don't think about a blue pen, you're going to think about a blue pen. That's just what we do. Okay. So our minds are wonderful and we will always be thinking thoughts. However, when a negative thought comes in, we can immediately combat that with the truth of God. If we know it, like I just said, if the negative fear comes in, it says you're not good enough. And then you have the truth of, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength you can combat that. Okay. But it takes time spending time with him to get that. Um, that is the most, I mean, I can just tell you from my own experience. I didn't know a single line of scripture just two years ago, just two years ago. I couldn't tell you one Bible verse. And because the more I've spent time in the word and, um, soaking it up, it's like, I don't always know where they are in the Bible. I can't always tell you exactly where it is. I don't always have that memorized, but I can have these like truths pop into my mind of like, that's not true. He promises to work all things for good you know, um, for I know the plans I have for you, the plans to prosper you, to give you hope and to give you a future, Jeremiah 29, something like I, they start to become part of who you are. And when you have these in your heart, the negative fear-based thoughts don't have as much power over you anymore. You can combat those. 
And so when a thought comes up that's negative, unhelpful, untrue, defeating, you can refuse to engage in that inner dialogue. And you should refuse to engage in that inner dialogue because that is just the enemy trying to work with you, like trying to get you to go there. No, you can change the channel and you can redirect your mind on God's truth from scripture. And that is his word. And God is a God of his word. There's nothing that God promises that he didn't actually fulfill. Jesus said he was going to do all kinds of crazy things in the New Testament. If you read the gospels, he literally says he's going to die. He predicts his death. He says he's going to rise on the third day. He said all these things that people thought were crazy. Well, guess what? He fulfilled every single one. He doesn't promise and do say things that he's not going to actually do. So we can stand firm on that. Number four is let God be the CEO and the Holy Spirit be the COO, the chief operating executive, as I like to call it. So counter to, again, what every self-help book and guru is going to teach you these days, we are not made to carry the weight of it all on our own. We are not. We are made in the image of God, which means we are powerful. He created us special set apart from every other creature that he made, but he made us to rely on him. Okay. So traditional business world will tell you that it's all up to you, that you have to do it all on yourself, that you have to think really good about who you are. And often this leaves us standing on this hollow, shaky ground of the, and, and the, the, the fruit of that, the, the consequence of that is that we end up looking for, you know, we look to ourselves and this, this, this uh, striving and we become more anxious and we become more overwhelmed. And honestly, it's all because we're not meant to do it in our own strength. We are just not, that is not how we're made. So I want you to get in the habit of what I call uh, this practice of surrendered control. I don't know about you, but I'm someone who really loves control. Um, I realize this about myself. I love control because of situations that happened in my past. And whenever I'm accomplishing things, I feel like I'm in control. I like to feel like my world is in my hands. I like to feel like, um, you know, I've got it. And this has led me to Real Well, it was a humbling experience to realize that I'm not in control when a lot of things came crashing down, but it's this false sense of security. Um, and instead, that just leaves you to striving more and to be more anxious and to feeling like more of a control freak. So surrendering it to God and realizing that he cares about you and he wants you to do well and he wants you to have an amazing life and he wants to bless you and prosper you. And he already knows what you need before you ask. And knowing that there's such a bigger planet place that you can even see and that he works all the good and the bad together for your good. That's such a reassuring thought. So what does surrender control look like? It means going to God in prayer routinely, giving it to him, asking him to lead you, um, taking action in your business with the focus on serving other people and faith that will work out if you are following the principles and following what God put on your heart. It's keeping a sense, this is important, of having both hands open in your business. What this means is that some people, they're made to be your clients and customers, and some people are not, okay? Some people are made to come in and work with you for long seasons, and some people are not. Some people will work with you and stay with you, maybe join your team if you're in network marketing and rock it. Some people are going to quit and leave. Your job is not to control that because it's not up to you. God uses us. He uses people to reach other people. So it may be for a season. It may be for a specific instance. It may be for the long term. We don't know. All we can do is do our part to show up with the tasks that we've been called to do, be a good steward of our gifts and talents and the calling he's put on our lives and do it with our hands open, focusing on serving, but not focusing on clenching and controlling and striving, but allowing things to happen. Um, this doesn't mean you're not working hard or that you're not, that you're being lazy. This just means that you're not so 
stuck on it has to be this way. It has to work out this exact way. This one exact person has to become a client or it's not going to work out. That is not faith. And honestly, that is a very stressful way to, to do your business. So when you can learn to just have your hands open like this, it is so much more peaceful and enjoyable. And you will see that it is, so, you will, you will have success and you will have peace. It's not up to you. It's up to God. Okay. He, um, he uses people. I like this. I wrote this in the guidebook, but he uses people for his bigger plans. And your job is to remain faithful to that calling that he's given you to do the work, to keep persistent to what he said before you, even if it looks like it's not working, trust his timing. Okay. So this is like the really big awareness that I've had recently is like the whole worldly way of doing business and doing life, really doing everything in God's way. And they are usually not, they are not the same. <laughs> um, culture and world is counter what God says. So God is very countercultural. Okay. However, the reason why I believe in doing it God's way is that it is the way that's designed to give us the most peace in our life. Okay. Um, so the world glorifies the hustle. We're constantly fed these motivational messages that no one's coming to save us. We have to do it all on our own. It's all up to us. We have to strive and grind to make it happen. The world will make us feel lazy for taking a day off, for taking time off, for not squeezing work out of every single second that we have. Okay. And I'm not knocking hard work. And there are seasons in your business where you are going to have to like put in more work, okay, to get things off the ground, to get things going. Like, yes, I'm not knocking consistency or diligence. That is important. However, I'm reminding us to be aware of the world's trap for striving in our own strength, okay? What does striving in our own strength lead us to? Number one, it's the feeling of that it all depends on us. That's exactly what the enemy wants you to think. You don't, he doesn't want you to know that you have a God you can lean on. He doesn't want you to know that there's someone out there who promises you that you can actually like go to him and he will, he will carry you. He doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to ever think you need a savior. Hell no. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. <laughs> he wants you to think that it's all up to you and in your own strength. And it just depends on you, which is a lie. Um, striving leads to unnecessary pressure that we put on ourselves. It leads to increased anxiety. It leads to working from, to working from this place of overwhelm. Like you're never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. Working to the point of exhaustion and burnout sacrificing other areas of your life, neglecting other areas of your life, maybe your health, maybe your family, whatever for your business and assuming that it'll all be worth it one day. Cause that's what the world promises when what's the most important thing, you know, if your business was gone tomorrow and you neglected your health, your whole life, or you neglected your family, your whole life, what do you have at the end of your life? You know? Um, like I said, there are seasons when you will have to put in more effort and work in certain areas. It's not, there's no such thing as like perfect balance. But is, is that kind of living, that striving, that hustle mentality, that unnecessary pressure and anxiety and relying on our own strength, is that what God wants for our lives and for our businesses? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. God wants our heart. God wants us to focus on him and for him to be our first priority. He wants to lead us. He has plans for us and they are good plans. Okay. Doesn't mean everything's always going to work out right, but he has plans for us. Sometimes the hardest the best lessons in our life that we will learn come from the struggle. So those will be used for good. And sometimes they're, you're put through those trials because you are meant to help someone else in the future one day go through them. That's kind of like the whole point. Um, he promises to take care of us, to prosper us, to work all things for the good of those who love him. Here's the key. <laughs> we have to allow him to do that. If we are white knuckling it and holding on to our business and our life and our, everything that we have and building everything up in our own and we're not actually allowing him to take over, he can't, okay? So letting God become the CEO of your business and your life, it takes massive trust. It's not easy, but the rewards are absolutely beautiful and will bring you peace and will bring you probably more 
fulfillment and joy and even blessing that you could ever imagine. So here's what God promises us. I'm going to read this. It's long. This is from Matthew 6, 25 through 34. And I love this reminder. So here's what I tell you. Or, sorry, I already messed it up. I don't know why I always mess it up. Okay. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can you, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Ooh, that's good. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't make or work. They don't work or make their clothing yet. Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Insert your modern day questions and struggles, right? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Talk about a promise right there. That's huge. Okay. And then that's not saying he's going to give you everything you, you want. He's going to give you everything you need. And he knows what that is. Okay. So the beauty of trusting God as your CEO is that oh, so many things, but first off, like the more that you get to know God's character, the more that you realize and, and learn that he is not a God that's going to strike you down. That kind of God. I used to think God like that. I talked about that in the first session of this. He is compassionate. You know, in Exodus 34, six through seven is the first time that God actually appears um, and talks about himself and his character. So he appears to Moses in a burning, burning bush. It's a whole story, but he actually starts to describe himself. And this is where he first describes his character to us. And his very first thing that he says is I am compassionate, meaning he cares about us. He, he's, he's a God of grace. He's, he, tell, he tells us that he's slow to anger, that he's loving, that he's faithful, that he's just, that he's forgiving. And then he also goes on to give Moses his personal name, Yahweh, which that's what, when Moses asks what he should call him, that's what he says. So what that just makes me think about is how amazing it is that we serve this God who loves us so much, that is compassionate, that cares, and that wants to have a personal relationship with us. It gives us his personal name so that we can like speak to him and, and, and know him on that personal level. The God that created the whole world wants to have a personal relationship with us and does have a personal relationship with us. In Luke 12, seven, it says, indeed, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Just to know that, like you were intricately designed out of love and out of purpose. There's a purpose for your life. You're here for a reason. And so while we get caught up in our fear-based thinking um, and our worries, we have to remind ourselves that we were created on purpose and that it, there's so much bigger plan at place than what we get sucked into in the moment. Okay. When we allow God to be our CEO, we get the relief, the peace, the freedom of knowing that we're not, we don't have to do it on our own. We're not meant to do it in our own strength. It's not, I can do all things on my own. It's, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God is bigger than the algorithm. He's bigger than our follower count. He's bigger than our business plans. He's bigger than our worries. He's bigger than our 
crazy kids, right? When we give it to him, he can do more with our messy, imperfect, not good enough effort, right? It's never going to be perfect. He can do more with that than we could ever do in our own strength, hustle, and grind. Okay. He is the way maker that makes a way where there's no apparent possible way. That happens multiple times in the Bible. So if he's called you to do a certain thing, if he's called you to your business, if he's called you to serve a certain group of people, if he's called you maybe to not do a business and to be right there in your home or you're at in the season of life or you're in your job, whatever it is, he's given you unique, unique gifts, unique talents, unique abilities, and he wants to use you right where you are. And if you're not where he wants you, he'll get you there. If you continue to trust and lean on him, he wants to work through you and he can work through you exactly as you are, as he's getting you to where and molding you to where he wants you to be. So as believers and entrepreneurs, we have this unique opportunity to be able to share God through our, the way that we have this, this unique confidence and this faith and this character and our attitude um, and our brand, if we choose to, if we choose to be bold, but we don't have to, people will wonder how we're confident amidst like a chaotic time or how we just seem to have peace. It's because of God. And so that's something that a lot of the business world is lacking and you have a unique ability to bring more of that to it. So how exactly, what does it look like to make God CEO? Okay. Number one is pray. We talked about this earlier. Talk to him, ask him to make his will apparent over yours and to guide you. And he will taking Holy spirit inspired action, meaning ask the Holy spirit to work through you. I pray. And I ask God before I get on these calls, Holy spirit, speak through me. What do these women need to hear? Before I post, you know, work through me, give me the words to say, it's not me. It's, it's him through me. I say, I'm an, I'm an open vessel for you to use, use my abilities, use my strengths, use my passion for your glory. How can I be an instrument for you? Um, yeah, let him do the work, <laughs> uh, craft a vision, but then let God direct your steps, which means yes, visualize, have goals, but then know you're going to walking with God is like, sometimes he's only going to show you a little bit at a time because it's about trust. It's about faith. And it's about leaning on him versus your own understanding. Trust him enough to put him first with your time and your money. Now I'm not going to get into like tithing and all of that. That's a whole different topic. But if you put God first with your time, meaning in the morning, you spend time with God versus all of the other things of the world that you have to do your to-do list. I promise you, he will multiply your time. He will multiply your productivity. He will, he can do anything. Like he can, he can freaking part oceans. He can do anything. Okay. He can create the universe in seven days. He can do anything. Uh, he can create the whole world. Right. So, but do you trust that? Do you believe that? Do you believe in his power or are you too worried about your own to-do list to do that? Try, test him, see what happens. <laughs> um, the more faith that you have in who God is, the more, the more time that you spend with him, the more you get to know him the more you'll actually clearly start to see, to feel, to sense his presence in your life. And you'll be able to know the direction that he wants you to go in your life and your business. I know a lot of you join this program because you're looking for clarity. You're looking for direction. I promise you pray, pray more, speak to God, spend time with him, read the Bible. He will actually reveal things to you through this. This is, it's a living word. They say that the, the word is alive and active. It will hit you at different moments in your life. It will show you things. It will reveal things that maybe you need to work on. It can be very convicting at times. Um, very convicting. It can also give you so much assurance and hope and peace. But I really believe that like God speaks to us the more that we spend time with him and seek it. And it doesn't always sound like an audible voice. 
but it could be through someone. It could be through your intuition. It could be through the word. It could be through an idea that pops into your mind. It could be through a billboard. That's how he spoke to me once. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But the more that you spend time with him, the more that you'll be able to start picking up on this, on sensing his presence, okay? Um, the more that you go to him and surrender your worries and your plans and your, and your fears to him, the more he will bless that. Um, I know this is easier said than done. It's simple, but it's not always easy to do. And so when life feels hard and you think like, you feel like you're being defeated and you feel like everything's caving in, or you feel like life is just in a crazy season, I want, or maybe it's in a really challenging, hard season. I want you to try to do this practice of taking a zoomed out perspective. Just allow yourself when you're in that moment to stop and think, how does God see this? And to think about how this moment in your life right now is a tiny speck, a tiny speck. It doesn't feel like that. I know I'm not negating anything you're going through or diminishing it, but it is a speck in time. And when you think about God's perspective, like that trial that you're in right now, that season that you're in right now, that, that struggle, he sees the whole plan. He sees every way that it's going to help you, that it's going to interact with others, that you're going to help people, that where it's going to lead you. He sees all of that. So we have to just trust his plan. He created you already knowing exactly like the plan. Okay. So he promises to work all things for good, all things. You got to remember that part of it. Okay. So I want to talk lastly about three of the main big lies and then combat those with truth. Okay. So the, these are just very common things that we struggle with. Um, number one, if you've ever thought the thoughts of who am I to do that, or I'm nobody, or I'm unworthy, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not qualified. Okay. Those are very common things to feel. We all experience that. Um, at least I can speak for myself. I've definitely experienced that, especially when I'm doing things for God, <laughs> because the enemy, of course, would come at me even harder in that, in those times. But the truth is that we're not qualified in our own. What? Yes. I'm going to tell you, you're not qualified. We're not qualified. I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified. <laughs> we're but dust. It says in Psalm 103. Okay. We're not qualified. It's kind of nice to know that, but again, Go back to Exodus uh, 3.11. God calls Moses to be one of the leaders and to lead the people out of Egypt. Obviously, Moses is a huge character in the Bible, okay? Ten commandments, all the things. And Moses actually had a speech impediment. Um, he had the stutter. He, he wasn't a good speaker. Um, he wasn't like the leader type, right? And so he tells God, like, no, God, you got the wrong guy. Like, he literally says that. And God basically is like, nope, I know exactly who I want. You're the one. And I'm going to align someone to speak for you. So... You know, Moses is like, who am I to do this? And God's like, you're exactly who I want because your calling isn't going to be based on your credibility, but his, okay. <laughs> he is all you need to rewrite the truth, to rewrite your story, to do the thing. Okay. Line number two, we tell ourselves all the time, well, no one's going to listen to me, work with me, buy from me, believe in me, want to hire me, blah, 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 blah. Okay. God says, dear brothers or sisters, <laughs> is your life full of difficulties and temptations? Then be happy for when the way is rough, your patience has a chance to grow. So let it grow and don't try to squirm out of your problems. For when your patience is finally in full bloom, then you'll be ready for anything strong in character, full and complete. I actually have this one written on an index card by my um, desk that I, I wrote this a long time ago when I was writing God's promises on a card to help me remember this. And I have a different version of it, but it says, let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. James 1, 4. Okay. Think about that for a minute. 
again, oftentimes we are so impatient. We want things to happen right away, or we feel like it's not working out, but he knows the plan. He's got the plan. He's got us in the palm of his hand, right? So God holds the plans and he promises to work them out. If we stay in faith, this is all a test of your faith. Okay. Um, it's also that we don't understand his timing. We can't see and understand the things that he does. Our job is to stay in this excited anticipation for what he's going to do through us through the hard seasons, knowing that the reward is coming. And sometimes the reward may not even come until eternity. Okay. But it's going to be worth it. And oftentimes when you think back in your life and you think about the hard things you've been through, didn't those times actually come out to be the ones you remember, like because of where it led you to or what came from it or what you learned through it. And when we fail, when we mess up, that's where he is able to shine. That's where actually where we learn the most. Like I said, it's also where our faith grows the most and we become more prepared for the next trial in our life. And we become redefined by that fire that we go through and just know we're never in this alone. God loves it when we find ourselves in these moments of weakness, not because he wants to see us suffer and to be weak, but because he wants to use our weakness to bring him glory. When we are weak, it is only through his power that we are able to then shine and do these things where people go, how is that even possible? And you're like, it's not possible. It's only from God. Okay. So when we are weak with his power, we still win. Now, the third one is this one of being afraid. I'm afraid I'm insecure. I don't know how. Have you ever had a calling or a nudge to do something? And then immediately you thought like, no, 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 God, you got the wrong person. Like, I can't do that. Or you feel that calling to do something. And you're like, nope, can't do it. Okay. Proverbs three, five through six says, if you want favor with both God and man and a reputation for good judgment and common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself and everything you do, put God first and he will direct you and crown your efforts with success. So your job, again, is not to lean on your own understanding, but it's to trust that he has your best interests at heart and will help you run the race that he set out before you. He will get you there. He wants to get you there. <laughs> and if it's not where you think it is, he's going to get you where he wants you to go, but he will guide you there. Okay. You are not in this alone. Um, you are not meant to be in this alone. We have this, we are made again to, to need him to rely on him. And he wants us to do that, but he's not going to force us to, again, he loves us that much to where he's waiting for us to love him. He's not going to come force us to, um, but he will make himself known. If you seek him, that's what the whole ask and you shall find seeking or ask and you shall hear seek and you shall find knock and it will be open to you. It's not talking about how a lot of the, <laughs> the manifestation world uses that to talk a lot about like law of attraction, like asking you'll get anything you want. No, that's talking about asking to find his presence in your life, to have him lead, to feel led by him and to know that you are not again in this alone. Like that's the whole thing. So just know that there is a true enemy out there in the world. There is someone who does not want you to succeed, especially when you're doing good, who does not want you to succeed and give God the glory. Okay. So know when you feel those battles, those lies, those, those negative thoughts in your mind, that is all that is. It is just the opposing force trying to stop you from actually doing the things that you've been called to do to show God's glory through you, to show his power through you, because he doesn't want God to get the glory. He doesn't want God to win. Okay. That's the whole point. Literally the enemy is here prowling around this world. Like a, what do they say? Prowls around like a lion waiting to devour, um, trying to take us away from God, trying to separate us from his promises. How do you know? And how do you stay armed in truth by reading it? Okay by spending time with him, by knowing certain scripture, maybe what I want you to do is come up with the things that you, the lies that you have in your head, the negative thoughts that you come up with, write those down. Maybe you feel a lot of anxiety in your life. 
I want you to Google scriptures for anxiety. Maybe you feel a lot of fear scriptures. What does God say about fear? And then literally write them on index cards and put them somewhere and remind yourself of these truths so that then they become written in your heart and you know them by memory that when you have those negative thoughts come in, you can battle them with the truth and you can stand firm on that. That's how you win the battle in your mind. It's not about building up yourself because that's shaky. It's not about doing all the things and achieving all the things because you can have and try to find security like I did in career, in self, and all of these things and accomplishments, but those eventually will fade. Um, those are not lasting. Those are not eternal. And one thing can come in and, and we've seen, you know, through 2020, 2021, jobs are not stable. Yourself is not stable. You know, yourself can be, yes, there's, there's being confident, but being confident in who God is and what that he's got you because seasons in life will come that will totally challenge your confidence and rock you. Okay. So if you're only placing your confidence in yourself and your career in external things and things of this world, those are fleeting. Place your confidence in God's character and what he promises you and you will not go wrong and you will be able to combat those negative thoughts and those anxieties and you'll be able to cast them on him. Again, you don't even know the promises that you can do that if you don't know his word. So I'm such a huge advocate for that. If you need help with that, let me know. I hope that this serves you and please um, practice this, do this, look up scripture based on the things you're struggling with. If it's health, if it's a health related issue, look up what God promises about healing. Um, Listen to worship music. That's one of the most powerful ways I've given you some in these guidebooks, but um, really arming yourself with the promises. It's such a dramatic change for your mindset. So that's what I got for you. I hope this helps. And I cannot wait to hear your outcomes from this one. And it's a lifelong process. It gets better and better as you go. All right. I'll see you in the next. Okay, I want to hear your feedback on how you liked this episode and how you like this way of thinking about mindset and really thinking about the battle that we face, um, that it's more than just what we think. It, there's a spiritual side to it, and there's an enemy who does want to keep us from giving God the glory and, and pursuing amazing things in our life. If this resonated with you, if you enjoyed it, please reach out to me on Instagram at sarahpetrusi underscore XO, because I want to hear from you. And if you are looking to deepen your relationship with God and you're looking to get started and learn how to read the Bible and how to get into it and how to make it come alive. I would love to support you in that journey. Um, please message me or email me and I'm happy to help you get started. I hope this served you and I hope you have an amazing week.